Forgot to hit the start button there, didn't I? Hello, everyone. Hey. Tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian Bosorge. Except for last night, and as always, my co-host, Shane P. Howell. <laughs> we are 82 days, 22 hours, 59 minutes, and 27, 27 seconds away from the 2022 NFL Draft. Senior Bowl game tomorrow. Senior Bowl week is over for you. I'm sure you, uh, you've you been through the ringer here, Brian, repping us down there. So you get to get to relax a little bit uh, tonight and, and hang out, which is nice. Yeah, just, just able to chill tonight. I'll be on the radio call. Uh, it's going to stream, uh, not stream, but uh, be terrestrially available in the state of Alabama and in the Panhandle area here on the Gulf Coast. So, uh if you're in Mobile, 96.1, the Rocket pregame show at 1 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, tune in to that. Shane, uh, when I first met you guys, uh, you were my connection. You were my in, so to speak, to this uh, particular draft Nick community. We uh, we followed each other on Twitter and uh, had some nice banner that I met you down here at the Senior Bowl practices. And you introduced me to a couple of guys here, and we uh, – Y'all guys became obsessed with Grapeco for some reason because you couldn't, you can't get it up north because uh, it is a southern staple. Uh, so, I, and then every Friday Grapeco. before the Senior Bowl, man, it, it became a, a thing getting together, you know, and talking about the week and everything and drinking some Grapeco, and it was real fun and a great way to meet some good guys uh, like you. And our first guest we're going to introduce, he is the OG draft guy here. The Scott Wright, the original owner of Draft Countdown, still one of the owners here of Draft Countdown, and but out of the draft game, so to speak. So, Scott, you're going to be uh, emceeing some festivities here tonight for us as we uh, chop up uh, the Senior Bowl. I can't wait, guys. It's great to uh, talk to you. Uh, you know, we we chat on the the text, uh, the group text, but it's not the same as talking in person like this. So, I, I have a literally, I have a list of questions. I'm sure I won't get to them all, but I know I have stuff that I'm curious about from what happened at the Senior Bowl week, so um, I can't wait to get into it. And, uh, you know, I met some other great guys uh, down there. Uh, Joe Everett, his brother TJ, great guys. Uh, they don't they, they weren't down this year either. Uh, first year I haven't seen them down here for the draft because they, they came down for at least one day last year. But the guy who doesn't ever miss the Senior Bowl, <laughs> 25 years strong, baby. This guy I've been coming down here to Mobile uh, for Senior Bowl week, and that is the man himself, Pigskin Paul. Paul, welcome into this uh, <laughs> this fine evening. Yes, yes, nice and cold. Good evening, gentlemen. What's up, Shane, Pigskin Paul? We're back together again, the whole crew. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. Shane, what you are you drinking over there, buddy? You Look, know, I, I, don't, I don't want to waste a ton of time, but – the strange thing about that Grapeco, the whole adventure was I was staying at a hotel. I don't even remember what it was now. And I went down to get a drink one night, and they had the standard pop machine standing there. And in the bottom dispenser showing what you were buying, there was a handwritten sign in black <laughs> and white. And it just said Grapeco. And I had no clue what the heck that was. And then I mentioned it to Scott and Shane. I don't know how we got that conversation going. And the next thing was, well, buy a couple cans and bring it over, Paul. So we did. And I think it just was such an oddity that 
it became a thing. Um, I mean, that's how I remember it too. Cause I remember the first time you call on the phone, you're like, there's something in this, there's something in this, this pop machine called Grapeco. And it might be one of those things where Shane and I, we were just like punch drunk from like sleep deprivation and how it, yeah, 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 probably. And it just tickled us in a certain way. But I, I literally still have the picture on my phone of like that very first grape coal that Pigskin Paul bought over and he's like holding it up like a showcase model on Price is Right. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can yeah. no longer let this go. There's now been two people have called it a pop machine. I cannot let this go. <laughs> yes, pop machine. For but I'm going slipped. to pop open my nice two liter of grape coal. There you go. I forgot to get one. one. I forgot. I'm in Mobile. They've got it, and I forgot. Check to get the pop machine, it. Paul. You never know. No, I'm I, in Atlanta. I, Is that close enough to the south? You think they'll have it in Atlanta? Um, I it may be bottled in Atlanta. Might, yeah, I I, I'm gonna look. I promise you that. <laughs> it's some. They have it in Florida, some places, but it is not easy to find. Well, Great I can tell you, at the at the local Publix next to me, it was very easy to find. <laughs> Well, and we have big publics in Florida. That's where they're from. And I think that's the place. Occasionally, we have found some grapeco on the shelf. It's a healthy but, chug, Brian. I love it. <laughs> but I'm off the grapeco. I'm off the soda. What can yeah. I say? Well, I was before. Fair enough. All right, Scott. Let's get this party started. Let's talk some senior bowl. Uh, I was God, out yes. there all three days at practice. Yeah. Paul was out there two out of the three because he wasn't cool like me. Yeah, they have no respect for the fact that I've been here 25 straight years. No None respect. No respect. We're going to have to sneak in tomorrow with Brian's assistant. Uh, I I love the message. Scott, you can appreciate this. You've been in the up there in the box a few times. We get the – Brian forwards me the notice from Melissa, and basically Nagy has made the press box a first-come, first-serve. You know, we have limited seats. We have some of them assigned. But with the ones that aren't assigned, come on up, stand in line, and run in and, you know. Grab a seat. That would be interesting. I know who's going to get one, Emery Hunt. Emery is always first one. Emery actually flew back. He he left. Oh, he's already gone? He's giving everyone else a chance. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, I get Lee Shervanian's seat if he has one. Shout out to Emery. Good guy. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Scotty, let's go. Go. All right, let's do it. So I guess my biggest thing is like, I'm interested in what was the biggest revelation from the week for you? Like what, what, what aspect changed from you the most? Like whether it's just a player, whether it's an outlook on a certain position, what was your biggest revelation from where the week started to where we are now? Um, I, I got a kick out of the, almost epic conundrum down here of what's the deal with Pickett's hand, (laughs) you know, and all of a sudden, okay, well, we'll find out at the senior bowl. We get down here. And and of course, you know, we're not involved at all in the way in anymore. That's another interesting change that's taken place since you've been here guys, except for Brian. Um, And Brian, makes up a sheet for me and sends it over and I'm watching on the on the computer screen as Nagy posts his tweets. I think he's a tweet freak. Um, and son of a gun, there's nothing in the box for the hand size. 
And then we start to hear this, he's double jointed and he can't straighten his thumbs out when he puts his hands down on the table. Who was it a couple of years ago? It reminded me of that, Scott, and I think you were here that year, maybe. Uh, Brian, you and I were hanging around here that year. Who was it a few years ago that, was it Mayfield, or who was it that went to a doctor? And did the stretching and, exercises. And he did stretching, and he claimed that explained for a whole inch difference or something. It was in his Brandon hands. Allen from Arkansas. Yeah. And okay. just a comment on, on Pickett's hand, not getting measured at the senior bowl. I think it was a great idea because if he had gotten measured and it's a bad result, it's the story all week long. If it happens at the combine, it's one day, then it's the next position the next day. And there's 10 other new storylines. So I think it was a smart move by him. I mean, it's going to be what it's going to be at the end. The NFL people don't care, but just in the terms of nipping it in the bud, it's like, I, I mean, I think he made the right move. Well, Mr. Nagy got fired up about that one. He was tweeting about, some of you are misjudging this. He didn't play football in Boca Raton in college. So anyway, that, that, was, that, was, that was one of the, one of the things. And then, of course, the weather. The typical, it was one of those bad weather years in Mobile. We get those. It's, I was going to say, it's going to be, just tell me when it's good weather in Mobile. That'll be the breaking news. When we it's good weather during senior years. bowl week, that'll be the, I mean, literally it's like three out of like 12 that I went down there or something. Yeah. So that's well, the exception. Well, but you and I roomed together. It's still nicer than Minnesota. Sure. It's like five below. No, I'm not, yeah. I'm not talking <laughs> crap. Well, I, I take whatever be, you got, but. It's only going to be 25 down here tonight. You know. <laughs> All right, Brian, what was the biggest revelation for you of the week? The defensive line group came as advertised. I mean, I think we we thought that there were going to be this was going to be a deep group, and it was. I mean, from Jermaine Johnson, Kingsley and Igbare, uh, to some guys uh, that we'll talk about later that I think have seen their stock rise up significantly. Uh, I think the defensive line group is it was the strongest position group here. All right, Shane. Uh, for me, and I feel like I say this every year, but it's always one of the biggest things I look for. I th the small school players stepped up and showed they belonged. You know, I think Trevor Penning had a rough, uh, kind of up and down day one. I wouldn't say rough day one, but, uh, you know, came through, played really well. I thought Braxton Jones was consistently uh, really good. Uh, Corner-wise, I mean, um, you know, the the corner from Fayetteville uh, State, uh, J Josh Williams was was good so like i always look to see that uh, matt Waletsko, i think is another one who uh from north dakota the offensive lineman like can these small school players kind of step up but i think this was a year where they showed they belonged even against you know some of those good edge rushers or defensive linemen so that was uh that was pretty big for me all right so this is kind of a broad statement and you can qualify it however you want to to name it it's kind of like mvp however you want to judge what mvp is who was the biggest winner of the 2022 Senior Bowl? Obviously, the game still to be played, but of the week of practices, who was the big winner? Malik Willis. Right. Shane? Um, I, I mean, I guess I'd agree with that from a money standpoint. <laughs> we were just talking, like, who made the most money. I think Malik Willis is is up there. I, I would say Christian Watson. I think Christian Watson was the biggest winner, the wide receiver from North Dakota State. Um I don't know if I saw, you know, then I watched the film. Obviously, I wasn't there, so you guys probably know better than me. But I don't know if I watched him, like, lose <laughs> one-on-one. If he did, no, it wasn't he... many. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, crazy. 
All right, Pigskin Paul, biggest winner? I, I, you know, I think, you know me, I always go for the oddball groups or whatever. I, I honestly believe, though, for my money, Travis Jones from UConn. Um, you know, he might as well have been a small school guy. The UConn program is just horrible. You know, I can't believe Jim Mora took that job for the future. But, you know, so I found it, I found the UConn games unwatchable. I had three opportunities between ESPN and, you know, all the stations that I get to watch UConn. I tried twice. I couldn't get through the first quarter. They were just so, in general, they were so horrible. So when I, I look at this guy, I think he almost won the weigh-in with the combination of his size, his hand, which included hands, wingspan, which I refer to now instead of arm length. To me, wingspan is the new arm length measurement. Um, and then when we got out on the field, he was just a bully all week long. So to me, a kid that played in a bad program for four years came down here and got his chance, and he showed out. I don't care who was trying to block him. They couldn't. I love it. I love it. All right, so since Brian said Malik Willis, uh, that's definitely a guy I'm excited to talk about. And, you know, everyone wants to talk about quarterbacks, so let's go there right now. Um, Malik Willis, why why, why did he win the week? Why was he the standout for you, Brian? Because he just, I mean, all the other, the only other, like, to me, of the of the six quarterbacks, I mean, Pickett was consistent. But when, you, when we were out there in the rain, Willis was the only one who could consistently drive the ball. I mean, his arm strength, there's no question. His accuracy outside of the first day was good uh, to me and, and, the two, and the other two practices. Um, and there isn't another quarterback there that could match his athleticism. There was a rep on in the practice right in front of me in like a goal line drill where like it was like the full team in the red zone and he just outran everybody. Uh, and you can't you can't tackle the court you can't tackle anybody in the practices, but nobody got near him to tackle him. There was nobody there. He just outran everybody uh, to the end zone. Uh, that's going to go a long way. Um, I read somebody tweeted earlier said who were the uh, who were the two big two of the two best uh, who's what quarterback stocks got raised the most this week and. I believe it was Benjamin Albright. It was pretty funny. He said Malik Willis and Matt Corral. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and you're you're right about that weather in Mobile too. It's kind of a it's kind of a trial by fire, right? When that when that wind and rain starts kicking up during those practices, there's there's nowhere to hide. And if you don't have the arm, uh, it, it's going to be apparent. Uh, Shane, so do you agree with Malik Willis uh, being the top quarterback? Uh, and I'm curious, did you have him that way going into the week or did he move up? Did he, did he hold, hold serve or tell me about Malik Willis from your point of view? So I, I, I did move him up, not to number one. Uh, I moved him up to number two. So behind Matt Corral for me, um, who obviously wasn't there. Uh, you know, I think watching it, it, he still, he was clearly the best quarterback, you know, of, of the week after day one, when he settled down, like Brian said, I agree. I don't think the quarterback play was great. Like I think even Willis, you know, the te technique was like super sloppy. You know, he, he wasn't as good as Justin Herbert was, you know, um, down there. Right. And so it's like, 
I feel like we're almost pumping it up too much because he's the best of a group that was top to bottom, one of the strongest ever because at the bottom wasn't that bad, but like, you know, I still, I still don't think he's, Oh man, this is a top 10 pick. Like he didn't, I don't think he looked quite like that. And I think that's what people want from that top quarterback in mobile. Yeah. But you almost have to pump it up because that's what the NFL is going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. The we'll quarterbacks see. get pushed up the board, right? It's a uh, it's a truism, and and I like Malik Willis as much as anybody. You guys know, but I mean, it, would I feel great about taking him in the top fifteen to twenty overall? Not particularly. So it's a uh, it's high it's high risk, high reward. But uh, Pigskin Paul, where are you on Malik Willis? Um, I like him okay, but I don't, I think he gets to the pros and he's Jalen Hurts, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I was gonna say, is that the worst thing? Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But this is this is probably the weakest, not just what was here. This is probably the weakest quarterback crop that I've seen in three or four years. You know, there is no Justin Herbert here. Uh, I mean, no there, Daniel Jones, it, no Josh Allen. There's not, there's no, there's not even. Well, maybe there's a Mac Jones here. Okay, but that's as good as it's going to get. I don't think there should be more than a couple of guys going in the first round that are quarterbacks. Now, because of the league and the way they play and the way they think, we'll see how many teams are going to panic and start drafting. I don't think it's going to start in the top 10, but I think we may see some finagling and some flunking around in the second half of the first round with the teams that just don't have a quarterback right now, and they're going to get desperate. Um, I think it was tie for the top guy here overall. I have become, and Willis is one of them, but I have become fascinated, not because I think he's great, but I can't quite figure him out and be comfortable with it. Sam Howell intrigues me. Watching North Carolina play, you know, he's, he's been he's been leading them to victories for four years since he got there. And this year especially, he lost four guys to the NFL who were all contributors from last year's team. And probably his best offensive weapon initially this season was Ty Chandler, the transfer from Tennessee. And yet you watch the North Carolina games and I question their coaching because they go into these game with game plans. And if you look at the scoreboard, North Carolina got their butt kicked every first quarter this season. And they were constantly coming back in the second half. And so this year with, with most of his weapons gone, what does Sam Howell do? He decides he better be running a lot in addition to throwing the ball. And what, what he had like, 800 yards rushing or something like that. He just fascinates me, uh, even though he's only six feet tall and he's got a good arm, but not a great arm. Every time I start to think, ah, man, he doesn't have the arm. He hits a 25-yard sideline pattern where he lays it right in somebody's hands uh, over his shoulder or something. He fascinates me. And I think those are the only two guys that deserve to go in the first round, even in a needy NFL quarterback situation. All right. Just to wrap up the quarterback talk, just go around the horn. Give me your top three quarterbacks. Just give me the name and where you think they'll be picked. 
I'm the top three quarterback performances at the senior bowl, excuse me. And then where you'll think they'll be picked now. Who would be the third? You know, I actually think that my third guy might be a tie as well between Pickett and I think Ritter, who is not spectacular. He did some good things down here. In fact, it was kind of funny. He probably did his most accurate passing. I think you and I talked about it for a half a minute, Brian, on Tuesday when it was so wet out. Um, go figure. How can the guy have his best day? Um, and then I think Zappy just doesn't have the arm. And I am so disappointed in Carson Strong. If he's really going to go out there and tell us that his knee is fine now and he's ready to go, if that's what we're going to get out of him, and for a guy that supposedly had the strongest arm, he was throwing mortar shots on Monday when he tried to throw a long pass. I mean, they were going above the stands in the stadium, and by the time the ball came down, there were two defenders and two receivers there ready to fight for it as if it was a Hail Mary pass and it was only a 30-yard throw down the middle of the field. I I was extremely disappointed in Carson Strong. I, All right. I wouldn't touch him at this point. All right, Brian. So Malik Willis is one. You think first round? How high in the first round? Where's Washington pick? 11, 11. I think. 11. All right. So who's QB two and three at the this week and uh, where do you think they get picked? I think Pickett may end up going higher um, just based off chatter. But uh, I, uh, ranking the quarterbacks from this week, he would Pickett would be two. Howell would be a close, very close behind three. And you think Howell's got a chance to go in the first round? If he does, I think it'll be uh, Detroit's second pick. Gotcha. All right, Shane, kind of same question. Uh, who do you have uh, top three quarterbacks from the Senior Bowl this week and where you think they'll come off the board? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Willis, Willis was the best. I, I have a seven-round mock coming out Monday. Um, I think I'll probably have Willis <laughs> to Washington at 11. Um, I think Pickett was two. I have him going 20th to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, and, yeah, you know, I, I, the third at the Senior Bowl, I, I, I think I like Strong more than Paul did but um in terms of how he played but he kind of fell off later i probably still would go how and yeah i have him going 32 to the detroit Lions. he All is right. correct though he was basically throwing some arm punts out there on tuesday yeah. true yeah <laughs> well I, I don't like to dwell on the negative and i always say far 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 more players make money than lose money at the senior bowl uh it's always the players who quote unquote lost money is a very short list but uh, just, just give me a name. Go around. Uh, who, who? Did anybody look like they didn't belong? That kind of just like, ooh, kind of write them off. Or is anybody out? Of, uh, was anybody outclassed? I guess. Um, Brian, are we just talking about money wise? Who lost money? Because Roger McCreary lost money. Okay. Roger McCreary lost money uh, before he ever set on the field at the weigh-in. Yeah, twenty-nine yeah. inch arms. He's no longer an outside corner. So, I mean. But not now on at practice, he was great and his cover skills are great. I think he's going to be a starting nickel for a long, long time, and make money there, but he's not making first round money to hit on that first contract. All right, Shane. 
Uh, I'm going to say Bernard Raymond from Central Michigan. I thought he had a rough week. He kind of came back a little bit later in the week, but uh, I thought he had a chance to establish himself as a first-round pick, and I, I think he established himself as clearly not a first-round pick. So he'd probably be the one for me. All right. Thanks, yeah. Paul. I think there were some guys that, that clearly did not belong at this venue. Chris Paul, the offensive guard from Tulsa, he was lost out there. I, I just – he got – every time I looked up and he was blocking, he wasn't blocking. They got right by him. I wasn't even sure if Tyreek Smith was here this week from Ohio State. Oh, he was here. Yo, he <laughs> – I thought he, he did great. He was here. He got slammed into the goalpost by Trevor Pinning on Wednesday. I, yeah, I, I just – again, I, yeah. And the other one was Stuber from Michigan. Oh, oh God. He was he was really pathetic. I mean, it it was at the point where I wasn't deciding whether he was top 100 or second 200. I was deciding if he should even be drafted. And I, to be honest, right now the answer for me would be no. I wouldn't draft him. He he tried everything. They even let him snap a few just to see if that would help out, but it didn't. Um, All right. Uh, so let's go to the the trenches because you guys always know that's my favorite. Uh, you you can't everybody you can't hide yourself in the pit. Uh, those one on ones they're just invaluable invaluable for evaluations of those offensive and defensive linemen. And I guess before we get into that as a whole, there's one specific player I'm personally curious about, and uh, it's Daniel Falele, uh from Minnesota. Obviously, just a absolute massive human being and i've been i was able to see him in person like stand close to him so i've seen how big he is and seen him play a couple times in person and obviously so intriguing because of that size but when i when i evaluated him and granted this was like two years ago i did not think he was a tackle i did not think he had the feet to play outside um and this was even in college i thought he had some shortcomings there i thought he was kind of average in that regard so i kind of saw him kicking inside to guard as a pro i'm just curious uh, what you saw from him this week I think I think that's accurate. Um, I I think considering his size, which is gargantuan, I am sure he is now the record holder down here. I thought my, we all thought Mount Cody was big way back when. <laughs> he's not big compared to Faalele. Um, he's got some athleticism for as huge as he is. Um, I think he can play in the NFL, but I think your estimation is right. He's going to probably have to do it inside. And then and they're going to have to really work on him to play low because as tall as he is, half the quarterbacks in the NFL aren't going to see a darn thing wherever he lines up. He's just too big. Um, he didn't show yeah. out here, but he didn't, but he wasn't miserable. I don't think there were plenty right. of other linemen that I thought were just, a total waste compared to him. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's interesting because and Third you know round. you hear the Trent Brown comparisons because they're both big guys, but I think Trent Brown's a, a better athlete. So uh, I'll be interested to see what happens with Falele. But uh, Brian, just being on the ground there, watching those battles in the pit. Talk to me, brother. Tell me. Tell me. Give it to me. I want to hear all these good stories. Who 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 uh, who kind of held their own? Who who uh, who struggled? Um, I want to live vicariously through you. Well, well, one one thing to touch on with Falele on the first day, um, 
he got put on the ground by a man 140 pounds south of him and Majay Sanders, the uh, edge rusher from Cincinnati. So that was my first introduction to Daniel Falele. And, well, let's hope the first impression ain't the lasting impression I get of him. Uh, In fairness, most of the guys he's going against are going to be considerably smaller. <laughs> yes, that's true. It yes. wasn't as embarrassing as Abraham Lucas getting put on the ground by Kyron Johnson, who uh, two hundred thirty pound linebacker. Two hundred thirty pound linebacker. Who I think I saw that on Twitter. Playing, playing edge, that <laughs> yeah, was not great. Um, Shane talked about Trevor Penning earlier, and he's every offensive line coach in the league's dream. He plays through the whistle and sometimes beyond it. He got every defensive end pissed off at him all week long, especially Tyreek Smith, who I, I said earlier. Uh, you can look it up on online if you haven't seen it. Uh, he basically flung him into the goalpost after one of the reps uh, in the one-on-ones. Then yesterday when they went at it again in one-on-ones in the indoor complex, he basically buried him through the Jaguar logo at midfield there. Uh, so that was fun to watch. Uh, Shane's guy, Ed Ingram, had a great week, I think, uh, of practice inside. So that's another one to watch uh, as, a, as a day two uh, guy and I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Zion Johnson, Thank who, you. I've, who Thank I've went you. on and on about all week. Every day, Zion Johnson did not play center at Boston College. The national team had no centers on its roster, so they basically tried three or four guys this week. Uh, Zion Johnson uh, stayed after practice every single day, including in the worst part of the rain on Wednesday, and was out there snapping the ball after practice. Uh, did it three straight days. I talked to him after practice for a little bit yesterday. And uh, just he, he's a great kid, and I want to see him succeed at the next level. And I think he's going to play his way into, at the very least, uh, upper second round. I've, I've heard that a lot of positive reviews about Zion Johnson and how he had stayed after practice. I, I, I love that type of stuff. Um, and, but how's he compared to, like, James yeah. Daniels? You know, hearing you describe him, I'm hearing, like, James Daniels type straights. Is that a yeah. – you got to remember – at Boston College, Zion Johnson moved out to tackle one year because they lost all their players. I mean, you know, it's the kind of guy you want in your locker room as well as, I think, out on the field. Yeah. Uh, Shane, let, let's go outside to some of those skill position guys because one guy I wanted to hit on is somebody you mentioned earlier, and that was Christian Watson, the wide receiver from North Dakota State, who – what just a very intriguing skill set, uh, right? So, talk to me about Christian Watson, what you saw from him, where you project him, what type of player you see him as in the NFL, where you think he'll be picked. Oh, well, I, I, uh, I think he's gonna get picked a lot higher than people thought coming into the week. I mean, 6'4, 211, and he definitely flashed that 4'4 speed once when he had the weigh in when he weighed in that much. I was like, uh, you know, maybe he's not quite that fast. And I, I thought throughout the week, not only did he have the speed, but the quickness to, you know, make pretty sharp cuts and kind of a, a fluid agility to him. Uh, like I said, I, I don't recall him getting, you know, getting covered uh, throughout the week. Uh, so I, I think it, it really puts him second day, and I think it could be high second day. Um, I think you have teams maybe, and I, and I had an article come out, uh, I don't know, it was a month ago, and they're not similar players, but I could see a similar career trajectory to Cooper Cup for Christian Watson, right? A little smaller school, but but a, a big school, big FCS school with to produce a lot of talent, um, but has size and outside ability and inside ability. You know, so I think if you're a team like say Detroit early in the second round, I mean you could do a lot worse than Christian Watson. I had him before the 
the week as my wide receiver 14, which was probably one of the highest out there. And he's up to wide receiver seven uh, at the end. Oh, wow. Very high praise. And, and, you know, it, some of those tall wide receivers too, they got those long legs and you know, they don't look like they're moving quite as fast as they are. So, uh, but, but they're moving cause they're eating up ground so fast. Uh, uh, how about any other skill position players, Shane? Because I know that's kind of your jam. You you like to watch those wide receivers, running backs. Who else caught your eye from that perspective? Uh, I think Damian Pierce was probably the best running back that, that I saw down there, the running back from Florida. I mean, coming in at 220 pounds, um, which was a little higher than expected. And he came in short at 5'9", which I think is a good thing. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, the BMI Twitter will, will like him. But I thought he looked explosive. He was tough. Um, you know, he, he they were getting physical in that American practice at times and he was right there with them. So uh, I thought, I thought uh, he was, I think a step above to me, the other running backs uh, through the week. So that was probably my other one. All right. I I also want to talk about edge rushers uh, because we know they're always in demand on draft day. So uh, we'll go around the horn. Brian, uh, talk to me about what you saw from the edge rushers there who stood out and, if you have to pick one edge rusher from this game this year that you think is going to be a double digit sack guy in the NFL, who would it be? And it's the same Johnson. question all the way around. All right. <laughs> I mean, it's Jermaine Johnson. I don't even think it's close. Guy's a freak. Mm-hmm. Okay. So talk to me about him. I mean, where, where was he going in? Is he, did he hold court? Is he moving up? Where do you think he comes off the board? I would say coming into the week, Shane, he was probably an early second round guy. I think that's, yeah, that's where fair. we're at now. I think he's, I would say he's in competition with David Ajabo to be the probably the fourth edge guy off the board, uh, probably in that mid in, in that late teen area. Hmm. Okay, yeah. interesting. Uh, all right, Pigskin Paul, who caught your eye from an edge pass rusher perspective? Um, I thought Boye Mofe from Minnesota really spent a lot of time getting around people, going through people, especially not so much on the one-on-one. See, I mean, he did fine there, but he really showed his ability to use whatever trick and whatever approach he needed to, to get past people when they were doing on seven on sevens and 11 on 11 scrimmaging. Um, it just seemed like there were times where every t- every other play, it was him taking at, taking care of somebody, collapsing the pocket. A lot better than I thought watching him at Minnesota. Let's put it that way. He was much more impactful down here this week. Hmm. Where do you think he comes off the board? Where do you see him being selected? Well, I'll say it now because you asked. You had one question that was, who's the surprise of the first round of the draft? Mm-hmm. It'll be late, but I think he could surprise for some team that really needs to have an edge rusher. And he's got enough size that you can put him down once in a while. He doesn't have to be just an edge rusher. He can actually go out on a four-man line, and you can put him at end, and I think he'll set the edge okay. Hmm. Shane, how about you? Any edge rusher uh, other than those guys catch your eye? or You can say the yeah. same guys, too. No, that's fine. I, I'll, I'll go with one of Brian's guys. That's Logan Hall from Houston. Definitely caught my eye, 6'6", 78. Yeah. I thought the, you know, he really used his length 
uh, extremely well. And that explosive first step, I mean, there, there's a lot of reps in the pit where the offensive lineman just did not expect Logan Hall to be able to go around him, and uh, he could. So it was really interesting. I thought he was pretty varied in what he did, depending on who he was facing. Used some strength, used some of that explosiveness. Like, I, I think he could be a double-digit sack guy, and I think he's uh, another one of those, you know, uh, maybe he could pop into the first round as well. All right. Uh, I, I guess my, my last thing I wanted to hit on, Brian, it's more for you because one of the benefits of being on the ground there, and you, I'm sorry, you two picks can Paul. One of the benefits of being on the ground there, as you guys know, is you see like the behind the scene things, the little things. Um, and, you know, I think back to how, you know, I've seen le- leaders emerge over the years during the week. Um, you know, these alpha dogs amongst all these other alphas and a couple that come to mind for me were Kirk Morrison, um, Demario Davis. I vividly remember both of those guys showing distinct leadership traits and stuff during the practices. Um, so I'm wondering, anybody this year fit that description? And and I didn't see it every year, I wouldn't say, but I'm just curious, any the little tidbits like that that you picked up kind of behind the scenes that maybe the TV cameras didn't catch? I did hear about one player that in particular was not a good person. <laughs> okay. I'm not right. gonna, We're going to go the gonna, other way with it. Go I'm ahead. not going to – no, I'm not going to out him. Oh, uh, I'm not gonna say it because uh, it's. I'll I'll let you know privately, but I'm not gonna oh, not gonna ooh, air good. the dirty laundry publicly. But uh, no, I mean the Zion Johnson deal was was pretty cool to see, um, and 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 the the players I think they gravitated towards the quarterbacks, man. I mean those are the leaders out on the field, and they you know every day after practice they the on the American team practice. They would gather like they did it once a day, different groups like one on ones. And they basically had a two out of three battle royale, so to speak. And the last day was pretty fun. They did a pit drill there and they uh, they went at it with uh, Jamari Salyer and uh, Fedarian Mathis just to, uh, I guess, for the national championship game, just kind of let them guys go at it. And that was pretty fun to see. Awesome. I'm, I'm looking forward to you uh, spilling the tea after this in the group text. <laughs> All right, Pigskin Paul, same question for you. Uh, Alpha who, dog. Uh, Alpha dog. Yeah. Channing Tyndall, the linebacker from Georgia. Um, and, and I think what happened was he, he performed. They had him in the one-on-ones at – Six one and a half, two 223 pounds. They had him rushing against all the 300-pound offensive tackles. And he won more than he lost. And he just, he'd get up. And I think we saw, if you, yeah, I think we saw this of the Georgia defense in general during the regular season. They take this really seriously. And they get really fired up when stuff happens. And he acted out a few times. And the blockers didn't like it. But when he got back over to the huddle with the rest of the uh, offense, uh, defensive players, they were all slapping him on the back and yelling. And it just seemed like he wasn't doing it verbally. He was doing it with, with the pace and the intensity that he played with. And I saw that just about every day in some way, shape, or form. He's an intense son of a gun. Well, I'll end with the one going the other way, because I remember the year 
down there that uh, Pat McAfee was there. And I remember getting so mad during the practices because he was just goofing off. And I was like, he's got these professional coaches that got all, you know, everyone's here watching him and he's farting around. Obviously it worked out pretty well. He, he was a pretty good player. Yeah. He's doing all right, but yeah. Uh, so it can go the other way too. Those little tidbits can be taken too far. So that's definitely an example for me where I, I probably read a little bit too much into it, but uh, I, I don't feel like I saw any clowns out there this year, Brian. Good. There's a lot of money on the line. You, get, you think so? Yeah. There's only, not many people would, would goof around like McAfee. McAfee's uh they broke the mold with that dude. Yeah, well he still does, you know, on his yep. TV, on his radio show. All right, Brian. <laughs> I'll hand it back over to you. All right. So we started doing this a couple of years ago and we put a hashtag on it so we're, so we could all go back and laugh at the uh yes. Uh boldness of these predictions so and we're, our insightful right we'll call it prop bets if you will although it's no they're not really props or whatever but uh so for everybody to follow along uh follow if you're following at draft countdown on twitter uh i'm going to put all these out a little bit later uh with the hashtag grapeco draft 22 so follow along with the hashtag grapeco draft 22 and you're going to see, uh, Scott, since you're not, you know, not into the into the game anymore, this will be just a three-man prediction show here. But uh, You're off the hook this year. You're off the hook. Yeah. But, <laughs> all right, uh, all right. So we'll, 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 we'll go back to look at these on draft day or draft days, I should say, and, and see who was uh, – who was close? Who was whatever? But here at Senior Bowl time, it's 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 all in good fun. And uh, actually, you what, know, I have the roster in front of me, so maybe I should just throw out names and see if like, I can you might do the best. No knowledge at all. Yeah. It's gonna be like the girlfriend who wins the the NCAA tourney pool. Maybe yeah, I'll just throw out yeah. names. Go ahead. All right. Just make sure it's this year's roster, okay? <laughs> all right. I'll do my best. I, I sent him. I sent him the updated roster. Today, oh, okay. So he's he's all okay. Right. Um. Well, Scott, we will, since you didn't really was a lower or higher on anybody here, there were no Notre Dame players at the Senior Bowl. <laughs> When's the last time that happened for real, though? Now that I'm thinking about it, that's yeah. There were some pretty lean years. We've been doing all right in recent years, but there was none yeah. here. That was that was I, I, that just hit me. Sorry, um, but these Kyle first Hamilton's two questions, a, the first Kyle two Hamilton questions, will 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 lead you off the hook here, uh, Scott. <laughs> Player you were lower on coming into the week that you're now much higher on leaving. Shane. Ooh, um, that's a good one. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Sterling Weatherford. Uh, I thought the adjustment to linebacker was good. The safety out of Miami of Ohio, and I, I thought he would have a bad week, and he did well, so I've moved him up. Paul. Well, this, this won't pan out well because most people liked him. I watched Houston play four times this year. And Logan Hall, to me, in those games, most of the time looked like an invisible man. He did not look like an invisible man this week, in my opinion. So I had Logan Hall maybe in, the, maybe in my top 100 because I heard everybody else but me excited about him. Now I feel comfortable in putting Logan Hall in my top 100. He was really good this week. It would be easy for me to say Malik Willis because I came into this week with him rated in the 80s, and he will be moving up go. on my list. But I'm not going to do that. I will say Travis Jones. 
from UConn is is my guy that I was lower on this week. I when I watched the uh, couple of UConn games that I did, and by the way, I like Ryan Vende- Vandemark too as a draftable player from UConn. So I don't think that uh, Travis Jones is alone on that roster, but I'm gonna say uh, Travis Jones from UConn. Uh, as I just thought he was maybe a two down run plugger. I don't think he's that anymore. I think he's got some pass rush upside uh, after seeing him work, work those interior linemen this week. I like that pick. So that, so what we were lower on, we now must, must come down to reality here. The uh, other side of it, right? The other side of the coin, a player you were higher on coming into the week, but now, have seen the light a little bit and uh, going to come crashing down. Uh, I could start. Uh, I, I'm going to grant Calcaterra, the tight end from SMU. Mm. Um, I, I really thought, you, you know, if with the medical stuff behind him, that he was one of the best pass catching tight ends in this draft. You definitely can't block anyone. Uh, and we saw that this week. Uh, but I even think from a pass catching perspective, I mean, he was not as good as obviously Trey McBride, but also, you know, Cole, I thought Cole Turner was better than him. I thought Greg Dulcich was better than him, Isaiah Likely. So Kakatera is uh, taking a tumble for me. Yeah, that's. I think that's valid. He disappointed me too. Paul? Um, Bernhard Ryman from Michigan. I, you know, I'm not shocked at that, but everybody, you know, I heard people talking first round potential. I think he's going to be a starting player in the NFL in about three years. If he goes to a team that's got a good teaching offensive line coach and they can wait for him. And I hear he won the locker room because he's, I guess he's a stitch. You know, part of it is because he's, you know, from Austria, not the States. So he's got some different concepts going on for him. But, I, you know, he just, he is not ready to play in the NFL, in my opinion. Not at all. And that's a come down. But he'll be okay long term. Uh, I'll just say with the tight end position, and not that I was overly high on him to begin with, but I'm going to say Daniel Bellinger, the tight end from San Diego State. I just – this guy's not good to me at all. I don't see any way he separates from defenders at the next level as a receiving threat of any kind. If Is he just going to be a pure blocking tight end? Okay, fine. But you're not drafting that on the first first two days. So, I mean yeah. – yeah. And, and yet – in the voting of the defensive players, I am well aware of that. He one, was is the best tight end best on tight end that squad. Uh, I also call shenanigans because you you were not high on Daniel Bellinger in the slightest coming into this week. So let's let's not let's not okay 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 that. we'll scrap okay. that we'll scrap that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just wanted to trash Daniel Bellinger on the podcast. Yeah, I, I, no, I no. So. Channing Tindall, linebacker from Georgia. I had him going in my last yeah. mock draft as a first round pick. Um, after watching some of the coverage drills and uh, some of the maybe the other the other stuff, I kind of kind of loosened that a little bit. I think he's going to be a fine NFL player. I don't think he's a first round pick anymore. Fair. I'll give you that one. Okay, <laughs> you, you, you'll allow that one. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Um. All right. Now we'll bring in Scott. Scott, because this was this was your baby. 
Yeah, there you this go. Was, the, uh, the this right was the rule. This was the uh, <laughs> rule of 10, as you used to call it. 10 senior role players in the first round. Um, so we'll start with you then, Scott. How many senior role players this year are going to be drafted in the first round? And who are they? Oh, wait a minute now. (laughs) You had me up until that last part. You're you're, going to be stretching me with that last part. I'll let you go with the number, but if you want to throw out some names, that's fine. And and the only reason I don't want to give the names is because, like, I I usually go high. So, like, I I, I don't – seven? Seven. Is that high? Is that a big number? Whoa. I think there's going to be – I think at least least two, if not three quarterbacks, right? A couple pass rushers. You know, that gets us a good portion of the way there. I don't know. I, I have no perspective. I'm interested to hear what you all say. I don't know if that's high or low. Or, okay. I don't know if you're laughing at me or uh... – no, 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 no. I'm, I'm laughing at you because you got you invented the right rule of 10. And the times have changed I'm, a little I'm bit, though, too. Yeah. Say, I think 9 to 11, somewhere oh, all there. Right. So, uh, But that's because I think there'll be some surprises at the end of that first round. I think so, you know there may be some people trading up. So you said nine to eleven. Team. So does that mean we're going to give you ten? Ten. Yes, you put down ten for me. I'll go on the. I'll go right on the right on the borderline with the right rule. I'm going to go conservatively here. And I was asked this on a radio show earlier. I set the over under at five and a half. I'm going to go. I'm going to go over with six. Six six first round picks from the uh, twenty twenty two Reese Senior Bowl. Jane, I think that over under is low now. Let's let's be real. I, I'm going to go nine. I think there's going to be nine um, ultimately because I, I think we are going to get three quarterbacks um, at the very least, and I think you're going to see you know an edge rusher or two get in. Um, you know, maybe one of the Georgia guys, Devontae Wyatt. I think we always have a surprise or so. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say nine. I think nine's a pretty – feels pretty safe to me, actually. Okay. I'm the so, pessimist for once, or one of the pessimists. That's got to yeah. be a first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Doesn't mean we think so. So, <laughs> Paul, you said earlier, surprise. Who was your surprise name in the first round? So you've already you've already tipped your hand here at this guess. Who who was it you said? Yeah, I had written down Mofe Boye from Minnesota. I, again, I'll say late, but I think somebody somebody's going to look and say we need that that edge rusher. Did did Brian tell you that your your buddy was? Rowing his boat down here this week. Yep. We saw we saw PJ Fleck right uh, PJ as Fleck. we were entering practice on Tuesday. Yeah, oh. it's getting that word out. Uh, Got to be a salesman at Minnesota. Who's that surprise his brother doesn't first sell pick for you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, can I go Logan Hall? Is that is that enough? He wasn't yeah. projected yeah, anywhere a, as a first round pick, so I'll right. I'll take yeah. it. I'll say I'll take Logan Hall then. Yeah. Yeah. You're going the oh going yeah the, oh yeah no, you're yeah, going I'll, the I'll, Peyton I'll, Turner, right? The Saints will pick him like they picked Peyton Turner last year. From yeah, I, th- I think him. I, you know, I I should I should have went Travis Jones though. That was a that would have been a good one. Scott, uh, who's going to be that surprise name going to come out here in the first round? 
Well, I heard Shane mention Christian Watson. Would that be an absurd pick? I think it could happen. If he, if he has a good combine, you know, I don't think it's out of the question. So. All right, I'll, I'll take him. In case, I'll take him. Shane, sorry if I stole him from you. you go. I'll go with Christian Watson. Not at all, not at all. That's Represent for the Midwest. Yeah. I'm going to be completely ludicrous. No, no. With my pick. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mr. Six over here is going to going to have a, a name. Completely of, ludicrous. Uh, Last going. year, we saw a complete combine devastation by a tight end in Kyle Pitts, who went fourth overall. We're not going to see this guy go fourth overall. But I do think we're going to see a combine ascension here from a tight end here. From Coastal Carolina, Isaiah Ooh. Likely blows up the combine, gets into the bottom of the first round. Isaiah Likely. Tight end one off the board. I would uh, – I'll rate the odds of that unlikely. Yeah, I, I like him, but <laughs> not for that. That has right, no flag chance. has been planted. That has no oh, chance man. of happening. Yeah, really. <laughs> but let me tell you, if it does – Oh, Shane, if we're live draft night, buddy. Oh, God. <laughs> it's going to get loud. <laughs> <laughs> what do we got? About 100 and probably got about 120 guys left. 130 guys was on the roster. Yeah. I'm going to change this number because I think it might be higher than what I wrote down. So. You're changing the over under on the. <laughs> Yeah. Total number drafted. Total number of players drafted 103 and a half. Ooh. That, whoa. Well, now I got to think about this. Yeah, we're, we're, I'm we're going here. over. I'm, I'm, I'm trusting in Nagy. I think Nagy, uh, I'll bet on Nagy. Um, Invite the right guys. No, I think you just went too high for me. Under. Where are you at, Brian? I'll let you go first. I, don't... I feel like it's over, but not by a lot. Like, like they, like I feel like Vegas nailed this one, or in this case, me. <laughs> oh, Mister Vegas, huh? I thought you were Mister Biloxi. Well, <laughs> not to put me on the spot, but do you remember what the number was from last year? No. It was it was well, it was the highest the highest it, percentage in NFL draft it, history. Yeah, and it was players. highly debatable. He was counting bodies that weren't here for more <laughs> Creative than accounting. hours. What was no, it? No, 40, 41% of the players drafted played in the senior bowl last year. But yeah. creatively, yes. Some yes. players that didn't actually play, but that's yeah. yeah. I uh I'll I'll go over as well. I think I think there's a couple of duds, but uh I think it'll be It'll be 105-ish. Yeah. Okay. This number, I feel, is a bit maybe gonna, more realistic. Now he's going to change the next one. Yeah, I was like, okay. I'm not going to change it. Change, change change the other one was low. The other one was low, I think. Or do you agree, Shane, the other one was kind of low? Yeah, I think it ended up low yeah. ultimately. So here goes. Over here. under 35 and a half players go in the top 100 oh i'll go over on that one yeah, yeah. I, i'm gonna go over as well i, I just think the underclassmen aren't as strong this year 
Yeah, I think we're all going over. I think I set that number too low. I've, okay. I've, yeah. It's. I think it's fair though. I don't think it's going to be much more. No, yeah, no, no. I think that's. I thought it was a fair. Yeah. Okay. Choosing only senior bowl players. Yes. Only senior bowl players. Who is the offensive rookie of the year in the NFL next year? Choosing only senior bowl players. I look back at this, by the way, Paul, and I think you might have actually hit. Did, did Jeremy Chin win defensive player of the year or defensive rookie of the year? Ooh. Oh, Paul said. Paul did have that. If that is the case, in twenty uh, during hashtag Grapeco draft twenty, he yeah, did not. Ah, uh, you're close. Well, he was certainly good. Let's put it that. He was very, very good. Uh, Chase Young got it. So, ah, yeah. okay, okay. That yeah, there you All go. Right. So, Senior Bowl only offensive rookie of the year, Scott. I mean, I'm going with my guy Malik Willis. You guys know I've I, I've been a fan of his for a while. Uh, so I'm going with Malik Willis. Paul, you'll love this, Shane. <laughs> All Watson. right. Oh Watson. yeah. Watson, wide receiver. Shane, that bandwagon has gotten mighty full this week. <laughs> I mean, we know you were driving. We know you were driving the the uh, the hate the I got bandwagon. on Twitter for that article where I said he was he's going to be Cooper Cup was uh, palpable. So, <laughs> um, I'll take Kenny Pickett. I, I think Pickett in a good situation going to a Pittsburgh. I think he he would have a good shot to win it. I hear I hear the Homer coming out. <laughs> like you can't do worse than Mason Rudolph, so it'll be good. I feel like this feels like a running back award most of the time. No? Uh, that's fairly rare. I mean it's not it's quarterback or running back. I mean it's yeah. about fifty fifty. Well, I don't but, want to pick a quarterback. But they there's not a running back. Yeah, who's the running back on this roster that uh, come on? Well, I'm going to pick a running back anyway. Right. I, I, I just want don't pick Saquon J right now. Don't, don't I'm not going to pick. He, he's he's done for the week anyway. So he he lost he's good friends. Mad at him. Uh, Rashad White, running back, Arizona State. I think okay. he could uh he could put up uh 1,200 scrimmage yards as a rookie. Have a have a shot. All right, that's fair. Now flips flip it over to defense. I mean, somebody's going to get an obvious choice here. Whoever picks it, I guess. Yeah. Well, I won't take the. I assume you're talking about uh, Jermaine Johnson. So yeah. I, won't, <laughs> I, I won't take the obvious one. I'm going to. I'm, I'm just trying to think of a linebacker. Uh, maybe the Georgia linebacker that Paul mentioned, Tyndall, right? Yeah, I'll go with him. That sound. That's that's very palpable. Um. Go ahead, Paul. What, what about you? Okay, well, I'm going to take the obvious. Yeah. Who <laughs> <laughs> you all? I'm not, you know. <laughs> Scott left him on the table for me. <laughs> Ryan's scrambling through the roster. Jermaine Johnson. Fair. Uh, Brian, well, are you, you going to go Homer? I, I have to at yeah. this point. I have to. Kingsley and Igbari. Igbari, yeah. From South Carolina. That's a, that's a good one. He yeah. had a great week. I was trying to think of another linebacker, but I really couldn't. Uh, 
This I'm is going linebacker. linebacker game. I know yeah. which one you're going with, too. Yeah, I'm going Darian Beavers, baby. <laughs> That's who I was going him. with. I yes. didn't know you were that high on him. I, I think him. I think he, I think he, day two pick rack up hundred tackles. He's what happened. He's he was a, a lot better player. in coverage than I thought he would be. Yep, mm-hmm. I watched some of the one on ones today. He his really size, good yeah, yeah, that size. Oof. Okay, now let's go to the game. The game itself tomorrow, one thirty kickoff, NFL Network Television. Um. I had a lot of fun with this a couple of years ago and was accused of cheering in the press box when I said, oh, what is somebody said, what is one thing that will happen? I said, Tanner Lee will throw an interception in the game. And it happened. Well, and Scott had the Claypool catch a touchdown pass. He I did. remember that. He did. Every yeah. once in a while we get one. One guaranteed <laughs> thing that will happen during the senior bowl game on tomorrow. Uh, start with you, uh, Scott. Kenny Pickett's going to fumble, and people are going to lose their minds <laughs> about his hands. I love it. I love it. That's, there you that's go. Awesome. How about it, Paul? Oh, I'm going to get booed down now. Malik Willis will throw an interception. <laughs> that seems seems very fair. <laughs> I'm going to take. I'm going to take the easiest one possible. <laughs> Carson Strong is sacked at least one time. Oh man, that's gonna be that's that gonna be mine. I was gonna say Carson Strong with negative rushing yards in the game, <laughs> like every game of his career. Um, I, I want I want to go defense because I, I don't think we, we haven't had a defense. But yeah, let's let's do it. I uh, Travis Jones will have. You know, what? I'm going two sacks. Woo! Two sacks, not just one sack. I like it. Yeah, go big or go home. Mm -hmm. All right. Scoring prediction for the game tomorrow. Who's going to win? What will be the final score? I'm going with American team um, because that's Malik Willis's team. So I'm going American twenty-seven, national seventeen. Who was the kicker on the American team? It doesn't matter. It <laughs> will not have 27. Because that would require yeah. two field goals made. Okay. What was it? What was your score again? 27 to what? 27-17. 27-17 American team. Paul. You know National. you're getting a text when that second field goal goes through, you know. National yeah. team. <laughs> National team 22 to 17. 22 to 17. Scott, Shane. Um, I always, I always feel like the team I think will win just never does. Um, it always feels that way. But now, you know, I, I got to go. Yeah, I'm going to go national team as well. Let's go with um, 21 to seven. Well, I guess I have to be the homer pick here. You know, as the Again. SEC players are all on the American team. For the most part, a couple of exceptions. So I will go with the American team wins this one. 26 to 14. 26 14 American team. And that brings us to our final double up of questions here. There's usually an offense and a defensive player of the game. So we will now. 
discuss who will be the offensive MVP, and then we'll come back and do the defensive MVP. But offensive MVP of the game. Sorry, I'm just going to write it down, Scott. You, you're you're very mm-hmm. predictable here. No, I wasn't. No, I, I'm going someone else. Yeah, see? Ooh. Uh-huh. Okay. No, no. I'm gonna I'm go with, I'm gonna go with Desmond Ritter. Okay. Desmond Ritter, offensive MVP of the game. Yep. Defensive player of the game. This one I'm not quite as comp or sure on. Or um I want to pick a linebacker. Uh how about the linebacker out of uh Wyoming, right? Yeah, Chad Mooma. Yeah, Mooma. yeah let's Mooma. go with him. Mooma. Mooma. I've never seen him during the season. I liked him. Is, is it Mooma or Mooma? I, I, think, I think it's Mooma. I think it's Mooma, yeah. Uh, I we, think so, too. We had – I uh, yeah, it, it definitely is. So, Scott, you predicted the American team to win. Right? I did. I'm, I'm hedging my bets. Yes. Yeah, so oh, I know what I did, Shane. All right, I'm, I'm just making sure. You know, you got to push those chips in the middle of the table. You know? Justin Herbert was the MVP on the losing team a few years ago. Yeah, there's so there, there is pre- there is precedent right. for it. It's true. I might do. I mean, I might do the same thing now. Now I'm hating <laughs> it. Uh, Paul, how about you? Um, pick it on offense. Um, you can tell I'm not picking him because I like them, and Enigbari on defense. So you're saying Enig Barr is going to get at least is going to get at least a sack, yeah. at least one sack during the game. Because <laughs> that's the only way he's getting the MVP is if he's got to get at least a sack. I think, yeah, I, he might get a couple. Well, I'm going to take the obvious here because Malik Willis is probably going to have about 65 yards rushing, probably at least 90 to 100 yards passing, and probably a touchdown. So I'm going to go with Malik Willis as the offensive player of the game, and the defensive player of the game. I mean, I as well go with Jermaine Johnson, who I think is going to, you know, end up with a sack or two. Yeah, Brian, just take take an easy way out here. That's hey, I may not get any of these other ones right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Damian Pierce, offensive MVP. Uh, I, th- I think he has a good rushing performance. Okay, and, and then defensive, I'm going to go Troy Anderson from Montana Ooh, State. I like it. I like it. Good week. Good week for him. Very good week for Troy Anderson. All right. Um, so, Scott, Paul, I want to thank you uh, for joining me and Shane yeah, tonight thanks, for man. this. Uh, oh, he, Paul's call time. I know, I know, I know, we're past time, but I want just half a minute. We forgot to talk about special teamers. <laughs> okay. We do have we do have one of the best long snappers. And uh, neither absolutely. neither of the kickers are going to get drafted. No. But both of those punters could get drafted. Yes. These guys are really good, and they're going to win jobs right away in the NFL, both of them. That's it. That's all I want yeah, well, Give me a long snap. My my, my boy. Uh, Adam Midas? How Adam Midas? Um, you know, Paul? I don't know. Oh, I, I thought you'd have the stopwatch off. You know? I, I feel – no, see, I feel pretty – no, because it's so quick. <laughs> too quick you you can't i can't press the button I'm the reflexes button. are gone work that good anymore. i will say this i did spend some time watching um let me find his name here whoever the other one is jordan silver that one anyway i can't confirm that he is indeed a long snapper can confirm <laughs> okay that's good <laughs> 
That's all right, guys. Thanks, about thanks the level of knowledge most head head coaches have in the NFL on like long snappers prospects, yeah. anyway. So you're all right. Okay. Uh, everybody, uh, follow Paul on Twitter at Pigskin Paul and uh, see all his writings right now at GBNReport.com. Paul, I'll uh, I guess I'll see you tomorrow uh, in the press box at least hopefully, for a few minutes, anyway. Hopefully, see you up in the press box. Thanks a lot for coming on tonight, Paul. Scott. Everybody follow you on Twitter at Scott Wright MN. And uh, is, is, is the Twitter at Next Gym? Yeah, that's right. Uh, actually, at Next Gym, G E M app, at Next Gym app on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, check us out if you're into uh, trading cards. I'm sure there are people here listening that are trading cards, big thing now, big, big money, big money deal, the trading cards. But Scott, uh, really appreciate you. Uh, coming on and hosting the festivities tonight. And uh, even though you weren't drinking a grape like me and Shane, we, uh, we do. The only reason I wasn't drinking it is because I I finished off the one you sent me so quick. (laughs) It had no chance of lasting this long. So, or I would have been, I appreciate it guys. Seriously. This was so fun. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, It's like, it feels like old times and I can't wait to do it again. Anytime. All right. Thanks for coming home, Scott. Shane, uh, we do have a couple questions. I think we can burn through them really quick uh, from the chat. Uh, Guy uh, asks, Perry and Winfrey first round. I don't think it's out of the question. You know, I I wouldn't uh, deny it. I just think it's tough to fit defensive linemen in there. There's a lot bunched at the top. So I I don't think it's 0%, uh, but I'd be a little surprised. He had a good week, though. Yeah, I, I think so. He had, he had a good week. Uh, top 50, I mean, shot for sure. A guy also threw out some first-round names here. Um, I'm with him, with him on at least two. Yeah, well, hey, look, he's he's with Paul on uh, on Moffitt. Moffitt. Yeah. Look at that. But I like Jermaine Johnson and Penning in the first round. Uh, Winfrey, uh, probably not. Moffitt, I I'm going to say definitely not. Ooh. And Ritter – no. Yeah. Well, Ritter could happen. You know, Ritter could happen. I mean, I, I, I think there, there is apparently at least one team has a first round grade on him, as has been touted multiple times this Kansas week. City Chiefs, you know. Every, <laughs> every, every team, every quarterback in the game, save Bailey Zappi, at least one team had a first round grade on. Great. Uh, Ah, oh, the old buddy draft guy, Jimmy, uh, from over at Draft Diamonds. Uh, how has Tariq Carpenter looked this week? I mean, it threw me off, I'm not going to lie, when I thought he was listed as a safety and he came in wearing number 50. That threw me. Uh, but it became quite clear that he was playing uh, weak side linebacker uh, the entire week. And I thought he's, you know, I thought he's held his own out there for a guy who was added late to the game. Um, so I, th- I thought he performed – Perform well, call up from the Hula Bowl, uh, where uh, Jimmy was involved with the scouting process for that game. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought Carpenter looked pretty good. Like, he definitely belonged. It wasn't, uh, you know, yeah. I, I don't think there was anything. If they would have invited him at, at the start. He, he like, wasn't okay, the yeah. worst linebacker I saw this week. I can tell you that. Yeah, no, I would agree. Um so Shane, we have gone. This is the this we've officially hit the record for longest podcast. So I guess we need to to wrap time this to wrap it up. Time to 
wrap it up. We definitely uh, – we'll, we'll be back on uh, – the goal is to be back on at 8 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, I don't see any reason why that won't happen. Um, I should be here back home after the, after the uh, live broadcast of the game uh, by then. Um, if you didn't, uh, Shane put up a recap of the other uh, All-Star games this morning at DraftCountdown.com to check that out. A little break, break in the action from the Senior Bowl mm-hmm. where uh, I'll have my post-game wrap-up up tomorrow night after the game is over. Shane, you're going to have one up on Sunday uh, digesting the game itself. And then you said, said earlier, seven-round mock draft coming hot on Monday and then Tuesday and Wednesday, we're going to, we're going to basically go over our uh, stock up, stock down uh, guys from the entire week of the senior bowl. And then we're going to move on. Yep. Senior bowl, senior bowl after Wednesday, senior bowls in the rear view. And we're going to start moving towards uh, probably the combine and uh, some other uh, draft stuff, but uh, you'll still get daily content at draftcountdown.com, No doubt about it. But, uh, so anyway, uh, when the podcast goes up on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere else, we want you to uh, give us that five star rating and uh, you know subscribe to us and uh, let's get the word out about uh, the Draft Countdown podcast. If you follow us on YouTube, we want you to hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, so you know when we go live uh, with our podcast and uh, hit the, like the videos, man. Uh, let's get them numbers up. Let's get them uh, videos out there to more people. Follow Shane on Twitter. At Shane P. Howell. Follow me on Twitter at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown. And uh, DraftCountdown.com. That's where it's at, man. That's where it's at. So uh, until next time, everybody. See you.